title of my message this morning is called Detained. Detained. Father, today we love you so very much. We're honored by your ongoing presence in this place felt by all. Lord, thank you that you make the difference. Heaven is now open, Lord God, for us to receive all that you have for us. Your presence not only felt, but Lord God, your presence is here to heal and to deliver and to set free. And I receive all of that as well, Lord God. But thank you for using me today as your vessel to speak and to preach your word. And not just speak and preach, but to prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ. Until we're not the same again, I pray in Jesus' name. I said, amen and amen. Joseph is one of my favorite people to study in the Word of God. I talk about Joseph a lot. If you've heard me preach, uh, I, I mentioned him quite, quite often. I think because I can relate to him as, as well as you. And Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons of Jacob. And so he was considered the baby of the family or one of the babies of the family. He also was raised in Canaan, which would be modern-day Palestine uh, or Israel, of our day, but this is back in 1600 BC, quite a long time ago, still found in the book of Genesis, so it was that far back, but the story being true, but being so powerful, how that the father loved the son so very, he had 12 sons that he loved, but one by the name of Joseph that he loved, or was more endeared to. Um, and the Bible says that he showed that this Jacob, the father, showed great favor toward Joseph, so much so that he had commissioned a coat of many colors. And so it wasn't just an ordinary thing. It was something that was special, something that would have been, um, uh, something that would have been, um, uh, you know, something commissioned, something that would have been unique to that person. And so they made that coat. And it was brought to him, and I'm sure it was ceremonial in some way. The whole family knew that the favor of the father was upon Joseph, representing God's favor over his Children, How many enjoys God's favor over our lives? There's something uniquely different and special about the favor of God versus our own power, our own might, and our own strength. And you can do some things, but you can't do a drop of what favor can do for you, the favor of the Father. But let me make this statement. Favor is meant to open doors, but sometimes it may open a door that you did not expect. Or may I say it this way, favor may open even a season to you that you were not anticipating because many times we leak favor, we link it right with everything that's good that happens and not anything that negative happens to us. Well, Joseph, I'm sure, proudly wore that, that, that robe of many colors, coat of many colors, but his brothers were very, very jealous and you wouldn't know why because obviously they saw the father's favor upon him. But also because this Joseph was a prophetic dreamer. He had many dreams, I'm sure. But there were two that he had that stuck out until they became so strong to him that he decided, I'm going to tell my folks about it and I'm going to tell my brothers about it. So one dream he has, and this dream is that uh, he was cutting uh, down hay. His brothers were doing the same in a field. They were all cutting down hay. And they were collecting sheaves together. But his sheaves stood up while the others fell down before his sheave. And so he went and he told his brothers, hey, I had this dream. And you know, you got to be careful who you tell your dreams to because not everybody, even if you're brother and sister, come on somebody, can understand or even want to understand what you're trying to say. And so he goes, he goes and says, your sheaves fell down to my sheaves. We're all cutting this field down and bam, you guys submitted to me. Well, you know that didn't go very well. They started calling him the dreamer. Every time they said, oh, look, here comes the dreamer. Look, here comes the dreamer. And they said that to mock him 
to put him down because they didn't believe his dreams were of God. They thought his dreams were himself, just placing himself above all others and promoting himself, self-promotion. So then he has another dream. And in the dream, this time, uh, he's standing somewhere in the universe, the cosmos. And, and all of a sudden, the moon and the sun bow down to him, and there were 11 stars in the sky, and they bowed down to him as well. And he woke up. He knew what it meant, but he went to his mother and father and his brothers and said, Look, I've had this dream. In the dream, the sun and moon, they bowed down to me, and the stars, 11 stars, they all bowed down to me. Remember, he has 11 brothers. And so it wasn't hard to figure out who he's talking to. And even the father rebukes the son and says, do you think your mother and father and your elder brothers are going to bow down to worship you? And the dream obviously was something that was positive, but when people are not discerning, they don't understand where you're coming from, they'll put you down and make you feel very small. And so he did that, and, and they said, don't bring that dream around here no more. And it got him so mad and so upset after seeing the, the favor of the father upon them and not upon him and not upon them. And after hearing these two dreams of this man promoting himself and making him be better than the rest of us, they were angry. And they sought to plot against him and to have him killed. They were going to kill this brother of theirs with their bare hands. Finally, Benjamin, the youngest, said, look, we can't do this. Father loves him. And, and he's our brother after all. Let us, let us take the coat off of him. Let us take that favor off of him. Let's beat it up. Let's trample it down. Let's rip it apart. And then let's kill ourselves an animal. And we'll put the blood of the animal on the, on the robe. And then we'll, we'll bring it back to the father and we'll say he's dead. But we won't kill him. But instead, let's stick him in this deep, dark well. And there we can decide what we're going to do with them. They would ultimately put sell, sell them in slavery. But they said, we'll decide later. But right now, let's tell dad that he's dead. And so they go to the father and say that he is dead. But in fact, Joseph was not dead. Joseph was just detained. Touch your neighbor and say, just because I've been detained doesn't mean I've been derailed. Come on, somebody give God a shout about it this morning. A delay is not a denial, come on somebody, and detainment is not punishment. And church, detainment is necessary for attainment. So if you're going to attain the things of God, the dreams of God, the desires of your very heart, you might have to walk through a season of being detained. And to be detained means to prevent someone from proceeding or moving forward. It's to stop them in the tracks and keep them in a holding pattern. And God wants me to tell you that there are many of you here today. You are over it. You're so sick and tired of it. You've been in a holding pattern. It's like you've been detained one day after the next, one year after the next. But God is about to break you out of your detainment. It's time to have attainment. Come on, somebody. 19, somewhere around 1992, 93, the Lord began to speak to my heart that I was going to birth a church. My wife and I were going to birth a church. And, and so we were excited about that, but we kept it to ourselves. Nobody knew but Jesus and us. Didn't go around telling, because I read the scripture about Joseph. Come on, y'all. Not everybody can handle what, you're, what you got. And so I didn't tell nobody, and I'm from the old school, and I believe the old school still works. And I said, Lord, if it's God, you'll speak to my authority. Those are my pastors who happen to be my mother and my father who depended on us for a lot in ministry, and I knew that. 
and might even look at it as maybe something that would be disloyal if we were to, you know, do something else other than what was being done. And we enjoyed what we were doing. And so, uh, and so I said, Lord, you got to talk to my father. If I'm going to be released, you got to talk to my father. And I put God to the test. And, of course, nothing happened. And, you know, we just keep doing our ministry and nothing happened. Keep doing our ministry. Nothing happened. Keep doing our ministry. Doing what we're called to do. But in 1994, on a whim, a prophet by the name of Prophet Kim Clement. How many of you ever heard of Prophet Kim Clement before? Prophet Kim Clement uh, was actually traveling through, did not know us. And uh, the pastor said, hey, uh, he's got a couple days available at the end of the week. I think it was like a Thursday and Friday night service. He said, he's available. If you want him, you can get him. We said, well, hey, oh, yeah, we'd love to have Prophet Kim. So we had like a day's notice to get people ready uh, for the meetings, for two-night two meetings. And so... Um, and so uh, we were planning for him to come. In those days, I was, the, I was the praise and worship leader. So I remember Kim and his team coming in, and, and by the way, and they sat in the front row as I'm leading praise and worship. And has there, anybody ever heard of Israel Hooten at all? Israel Hooten? Yeah, he was on the front row. That was his, that was his song leader at the time. And then Charlie, Charlie was the bass player on the front row. I didn't know them. I didn't know any of them. Not any. I knew a little bit about Kim. That's all. And so... Um, and so anyways, uh, I'm leading praise and worship. I had met Kim right before uh, I went out to, to start, start the meeting. Just literally passing through my dad's office. Hi, my name is Jeff. Hi, my name is Kim. And that was it. And I went up to, to lead worship. He comes up. He said, told my dad, I just want to take the pulpit. I don't need to be introduced. I want to just come flow in the anointing. So he comes up here. And he grabs the mic from my hand. Before I leave, I turn to leave. And he grabs me by my shoulders. And this is what he said. He said, the Lord says, I've not given you these shoulders for nothing. I've not given you these shoulders. I've now given you these shoulders for apostolic confrontation. For you will go like a bowl in a china shop, and you will go crazy for me, says the Lord. And they will say, what is going on with him? And you will say, I've come to take down the territorial principalities, to break their weaknesses, and to bring new strength. For the Lord says there's another city on the horizon that I'm about to take, and you're going to take it for me, for you've been fully anointed of my spirit, says the Lord, and then gives me a whole bunch more after that. I read that today to let you know that I didn't tell nobody about what I was thinking. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell only God, Jesus, come on, the Holy Ghost, and my wife and me, that was all. But God knew, come on, what was in me, what was brewing in me, and he released a word to confirm about me coming here one day Day, but I didn't even know where it was going to be. I didn't know the city that was on the horizon. How many believe that God knows more about you and your future than you know today? I didn't want to come here. Only thing here was to me was the Milwaukee Zoo and beer. Come on, somebody. And some baseball. That's all I knew, praise God. But I'm here to tell you, God knew. And I said, Lord, remember I made God a vow. I said, Lord, I still will not move unless you speak to my dad. Do you know it was five more years. They never brought that prophecy up. Nobody ever talked about it again. I was just staying with my head down, kept in my lane, being faithful to what I was called to do. Was it easy? No. It was At that point, it became very difficult. I didn't realize that God had me in detainment because he was preparing me for my my future. I want us to look at Genesis chapter 39, verse number one. It says, now Joseph whoo, had been taken down to Egypt. Notice that the whole world system is set to take you down. Can I just say that I might seem a little vulnerable right now, but you can't take me down. I might appear to be a little weak in this very moment to some people, but you won't take me down. 
I might be hanging on by the skin of my teeth, but you sure enough ain't going to take me down. As a matter of fact, I'm here to declare this morning that I'm not going down, but I'm about to, I'm about to go in. Who's ready to go into your promises? The children of Israel, they were God's people, but they were stuck in Egypt. 400 years to the point that they never thought they'd ever get out. But God heard their cry and raised up a deliverer in Moses and said, Moses, you're my speaker. Now go knock on the door of Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Do you know Moses like I would and you would have thought the moment he said that by the authority of God, that'd be the moment they'd walk out on their own free will into the promised land. God said, I'm going to give you the promised land. You're coming out of Egypt. You're coming out of bondage. You're coming out of cruelty. You're coming out of being forgotten about. Amen, somebody. You're coming out of abandonment. You're coming out of slavery, and you're now going into the promised land. Let my people go. Do you know it wasn't the first time he let them go? As a matter of fact, it wasn't the second time he knocked on the door. It wasn't the third time. It wasn't the fourth time. It wasn't the fifth time. It wasn't the eighth time. It wasn't the ninth time. It took ten times of going to Pharaoh. What was happening? God gave them a promise, but they had to be in the season of detainment. Because you, what you don't know is that he had to orchestrate and organize everything all together to bring them into a place of provision and promise. And I ain't going to preach this yet. I'm about to preach this, though. Everybody say this after me. I'm going into the provision. I'm going into his purpose. I'm going into his promises. I'm going into his plan. In Jesus' name. Now give the Lord a shout. Verse 1 continues. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him. Bought Joseph from the Israelites who had taken him down there. You know, I need to say this this morning. Some people think they can buy you. And they'll try to do it when you're in your lowest, most vulnerable place. Y'all don't want to hear this. When you need the help the most, come on, y'all, they'll come and try to take advantage of you because they think that that's my moment now. I can take this time. People will try to buy your friendship. They'll try to buy your loyalty. They're going to try to buy your relationship. They're going to try to buy your morality. Listen, just because you helped me out of a difficult situation doesn't mean you own me. And church, beware of the modern-day vampires who maneuver to manipulate, who make you feel like you're dependent on them when the truth is they're dependent on you and they'll suck the very life right out of you. And ladies, hear me loud and clear. Be careful of the vampires who come into your life when you feel vulnerable. They'll try to buy you with flattery. Girl, you look as fine as I don't know what. You must be Jamaican because you're making me crazy. Amen. Oh, they're going to run all kinds of game to get what they want. And they'll try to buy you with attention, show up to be helpful, help you move your furniture, play with your kids, take your dog for a walk. 
to try to buy you with money. Oh, I know it's tight right now, babe. Let me help you out. You can help me out, but you can have all this. Come on, somebody. You better beware of the vampire. Verse number two, the Lord was with Joseph. I said the Lord was with Joseph. Where? In Potiphar's house. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So much good in this. Let me ask you, was Joseph living the dream that God had given him? No. Where was he? He was in Potiphar's house. But was he successful? Yes, the Bible says. Where was he successful? In the place of detainment. Y'all looking to wait till you get somewhere. Oh, now that I'm here, I'm successful. Did you know that in your plight, in your trouble, in your circumstance, you can still be successful? Did God give him the success? Yes, God did. The Bible says this is how he gave it to him. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. I came by to tell somebody today that even though you've been detained, God is still with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Who can stand against our Lord? Nobody. Come on, somebody. Verse number three. And I want you to look at this because this happened during Joseph's detainment. This is what you need to see can happen. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph, I mean, think about it. The world can see that God's with you. Even in your trouble, here he is a slave, but God's all over this boy. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Well, I said this morning, I read this the other day. I said, Lord, there's something here. Because you can take that two ways. You can read that two different ways. Joseph, the Bible says, found favor in his master's sight and served his master. Or you can read it this way. Joseph found favor in his master's sight and his master served him. Because it looks to me like Joseph got a really cushy job out of being a slave. And the Bible says he served him, and then this master made him overseer of his entire house and all that he had put under his authority. In other words, during your detainment, God is setting you up for opportunity. Who's ready for the next door of your life of opportunity to open for you? then why don't you quit cursing the darkness and start lighting a light where you are? Quit saying how bad your job is, how terrible your marriage is, how crazy your kids are, how stupid your neighbors are. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. You gotta learn to bless him in your trouble. Church, there is somebody like this master There is somebody that is watching you that has the ability to promote you. That's why you do all that you do as unto the Lord. So stay aware of what's actually going on during this season. Stay vigilant. Stay alert. Don't fall asleep. Don't get into a place of complaining and and being negative. Go, God, what's really going on here? 
What's really happening in my life? God, what are you trying to do for me? Look at verse number 7. Oh, Jesus. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes. On, I forgot to tell you that before the verses, they said that Joseph was a hunk, ladies. He was good looking. And she casted longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me, player. It's not what she said. But almost. Everybody say it's a setup. Everybody say run for us, run. Y'all full of <laughs> Look at this. At the same time that God is preparing to take you higher, the enemy is tempting you with desire. It's always the case. He's always going to dangle something right before your breakthrough. He's going to put something in your path to get you off course, get you in place of sin so you'll miss the mark and miss your destiny. That's what happened with David. He was detained. He detained himself in his own palace while all the kings were at war and they were fighting on his behalf and fighting for the kingdom and he's at his house chilling and there he sees Bathsheba you know he knew what time she bathed that's right and he saw her and had longing eyes for her and brought her to him and had sex that was his captain's that was his captain's wife he committed adultery and then by circumstances he had this, his wife killed as soon as he found out that his wife Bathsheba was pregnant with his child this you can't get a better soap opera than that and it set David back years. It cost the life of the child. And the Bible says it caused war to be in his kingdom all the days of his life. He had no rest. Yeah. The enemy knows exactly what to dangle in front of you to get your attention, to get you off course. I want you to look at verse number 8. But he refused. Everybody say he refused. Joseph refused her advancements and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is, what is with me in the house. That's how much he trusts me. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept on back anything from me but you. Because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was. As she spoke to Joseph day by day. Notice the devil don't come one time to tempt you. He'll keep coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. He wants to wear you down. That he did not heed her, her voice to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside. And let me just say something to this dating culture that we have. And I get it. You got to know who you're, who you're going to marry. I get that. But let me just tell you something. When you don't have accountability in your life when you're dating, you're going to slip up and you're going to sin. It's going to happen. And as soon as all the men were gone, there was no more accountability that was there. Y'all looking at me funny. But I'm, I'm, I know it's 2019, but I ain't going to tell you, I ain't changing the Bible for nobody. Sin is still sin. Hell is still hot. And right is still right, and wrong is still wrong. Well, you know, everybody's, that's the problem. You're following everybody but God. What's God got to say about this? Well, you know, I'm just going to go to the house. We're just going to watch a video. We're just going to watch some Netflix pop some corn and watch some Netflix. We might cut a little bit, but that's about all. You lie, you fry. 
Ain't nobody watching you. You know exactly what's going to happen. It may not happen the first time, but most times, even Christians, it happens the first time. Someone's got to tell the truth. And so no accountability, okay? Then that she caught him. She caught this Joseph by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand. He fled and ran outside. He was gone. You know, we Christians get so deep. But God's not looking to see how many scriptures you've memorized or how many conferences you've been to, or how many hours you've prayed, or how many days you have fasted. God is looking to see if you have the character, the integrity, the morality it takes for the dream that has given you to come to pass. And he'll use the season of detainment to find you out. He's going to find out what you're really like and who you really are. And we want him to, because that's how adjustments are made. What is character? Character means to show the true attributes of who you are. Not just in public, but more importantly in private. To reveal who you are in both difficult and pleasant circumstances. What is integrity? It means this. It's the quality of being honest and upholding your principles. To stand upright by doing the right thing even when no one's looking or when everyone looks the other way. You're still going to do the right thing. What's morality? Holding to principles concerning the distinction between what's right and wrong or good and bad. To not waver on those issues or convolute them in any way. Right is right, wrong is wrong, that's the way it is. Joseph held on to his character. Joseph, when nobody was looking, held on to his integrity. Joseph, when nobody probably cared, nobody would have known. Joseph held on to his morality. What happens as a result? You'd think he'd be getting or given the biggest award of, of all. That God would say, my God, that's my boy right there. Promotion would happen right then and there. But you see, it wasn't over yet. God was still not done yet. You have to understand what's really going on here. So what happens is she screams and lies and, and says, he raped me. And since there was no accountability in the room, everybody believed her. And ain't going to believe the slave. So they believed the woman. And so, uh, and so he goes to prison falsely accused. He has not been sold out by his brothers. He's been lied about by his brothers. Now he's been sold out and lied about by, his, by people that he was taking care of and doing right by. And now he's in prison falsely. He did nothing. Once again, he is detained. But what's happening here? Don't have time to read all of it. We're running out of time. But the Bible says that God was with him when he went into prison. And that everything he touched, God put favor on it, it says. And that the hand of the Lord was upon Joseph while he was being detained in that prison. So much so that the anointing was on him to do a ministry. He started a prison ministry called Interpretation of Dreams. And he interpreted, he interpreted the dream of the baker for the pharaoh and the, and the butler for the pharaoh. And he was right on the money. And he did exactly what God told him to do. And one of them forgot about him when he released. The other remembered him. And then Pharaoh had a dream. And when Pharaoh had a dream, he said, ain't nobody here can tell me a dream. And nobody could. But one of the men said, I know a man. He's been detained. He's in your prison. If you call for him, he'll be able to tell you exactly what you need. You know, God knows where to find you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows your address. He knows where you live. Come on. 
This ought to start freeing you up right now. Because somebody's saying, please, Lord, don't pass me by. He won't pass you by. He can't pass you by. He knows right where you are. And so bring him to me. He interprets the dream. Pharaoh says, Pharaoh says, the man is done. He served his sentence. Now then, he puts him in second command of all of Egypt. What's he doing? He's training him. He's preparing him. God teaches you how to reign in the place he detains. I'm going to say it again. God teaches you how to reign in the place he detains. And when we didn't, before we launched this church, we went to a city called Madison. Most of you know the story. And we went to a city called Madison at Wisconsin. We believed that was God. We didn't hear God tell us to do that. We just felt that was what God wanted. And we went there. And you know, God blessed us. But it wasn't the same. We knew some, there was something missing here. And the church just wouldn't take off the way we wanted to take off. We worked and worked and worked, and it just wasn't working out. But God placed us there. As a matter of fact, after we got done with that season in Madison, a prophet came by the church and said, the Lord shows me that you've been sowing seed in a particular area. And the Lord says, I put you there to sow the seed. He said, but now that season is over, and one day that seed will come up. But I'm taking you to another place altogether to plant new seed. And that was this place right here. God called us to this city. Come on, somebody, with a clarion call. But for 18 months, we were placed in a place of detainment. I couldn't turn left. I couldn't turn right. I couldn't have quit if I wanted to quit. Matter of fact, I tried to quit. I tried to quit, and I couldn't quit. It just Nothing would work for me even if I wanted it to work. It was God saying, this is where I want you to be. It was like God taking the prophet Elijah and saying, this is where you're going. I know I put you before kings, but now I got you by the brook Cherith. And ain't nobody here but me and you. You're going to learn to hear my voice in a new way. I got some ravens to help feed you, and I got water for you to drink from the brook. And he was not to go anywhere. He didn't leave that place until what? Until the brook dried up and the ravens fed him no more. So what you think is failure is only your transition. I said what you think looks like a failure as if all the resources dried up is nothing but your transition in your world. Come on, somebody. Detainment is important for attainment. And let me just say this, that while you remain detained, God will always sustain. Can somebody give a shout for Jesus in the house today?